Sly Guy. Hello and welcome to Sly Guy podcast. This podcast may get out to you, it may not. Who knows, because of what's going on with the weather. At the moment, the winds are high, the rain is strong, it is just biblical outside. I went out to put some rubbish in my blue bin, and I say rubbish, recyclables. Obviously, if I was putting rubbish in my blue bin, we've got a problem. But I was putting recyclables in my blue bin, and I, a 20-plus stone man, was knocked slightly off balance. I was knocked slightly off balance by a gust of wind, and that that's not normal. That shouldn't happen, especially outside your own house. If you're doing that, maybe by the sea where winds are traditionally stronger but it shouldn't happen outside the sanctity of your own house but this is what's happening now we had one of the nicest days the hottest day of the year next day boom windy blowing rain terrifying you know and again if if any of you guys out there are fans of uh william shakespeare you may um be familiar with a, a tool that he used to use in his writing, um, a, a tool called Pathetic Fallacy, whereby he would um, use the weather in his plays as a reflection of the mood. So if the weather was bad, something was afoot, there was a problem, there was something up. If the weather was good, hey, ho, Madario, it's all rosy in the garden. But right now, the weather is wet, it's windy, and it's reflective of the mood generally at the minute, it seems, in in the country. Now, obviously it's been a terrible week with the disappearance of Noah Donahoe and his subsequent the, the subsequent discovery um of his body, but you know, it's just been such a grim story and just awful end, you know, I think Whenever things like this happen, it really hits home. You know, it really hits home about just how precious life can be, especially for children and stuff. You know, it's it's just, you know, one of those things. And again, obviously, the with that, there was the, the positive of, of the whole community kind of gathering together and um, trying to find them. You know, obviously what has happened to him must have had some kind of accident whereby he was distressed and, and whatever happened, no one's to know until, you know, the correct investigations have been carried out. But it's just the thought of, of a child, a 14-year-old child in such despair. Um, breaks your heart, you know. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just, a, I'm a sensitive guy. You know, I've discovered I've definitely got more sensitive as I've got older certainly with having a child because you sort of imagine everything what if it was you you know and it's just so so heartbreaking you know and out of this obviously there's the positives of everyone trying to look and th- that atmosphere and obviously the the negative of, of the way it ended everyone has so much hope and when you have hope that's almost the, the worst thing but you know it's just the worst thing imaginable for for that poor, poor boy's family and to make matters worse is once again the just the absolute beast that is social media. You know, people need to just fucking wise up posting stuff about him. I heard there's a guy being arrested for putting up a disgusting video about him, and then just people posting fake 
stories and things and I don't know why they're posting it. Gossip mongering, especially, that's it. It's people just putting stuff up and that's the, the problem that there is with social media. It's got to that point where everybody just... Nobody can just be happy with not saying something. Do you know what I mean? Everybody has to have an opinion on everything. You know, and in this case, it's like, just there's no need for it. You don't have... I've said this on the podcast before, you don't have to post everything on social media. You know, and again, I think with certain things happening, and it's almost like if you don't post things now on social media, people think less of you, you know, or like you don't care. Like, with this particular case... I, like everybody of right mind, was obviously affected by it. You know, I, I cried. You know, just I, whenever the news came out that he was found, I was I was upset. You know, it's a terrible thing, and but I didn't post about it on social media. Although it seems like some people feel that they have to post about everything. Otherwise, if people can't see they're reacting in a normal way, it's like they're not. Do you know what I mean? And it's like happening with a lot of movements and stuff at the minute, like um. Obviously, Black Lives Matter is the main one in the news at the minute. And there's a certain type of people that if you don't post in support of something, they go after you and go, you're part of the problem. And it's mad. You know, it's getting to the stage where it's mad. You know, that is one of the maddest things out there, that if you just decide you don't put people will come for you and assume you're a bad person. But sometimes you just don't. You know, you just, you don't, you don't feel the need to post about everything. And... Obviously, those are very serious matters that need to be discussed and, and, and you know, need to be looked at, absolutely. But, the, I mean, why should you expect everyone to post about it, you know, as if, like, uh, they have to do it for a way of saying they care about something? Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that case with, with, uh, with Noah was just so um, sad. Like, I just, you know, I didn't feel it was my place to to put something up about it you know I didn't I just I didn't feel it was for me to do it didn't know anything about it other than what I'd seen in the news I just didn't want to post anything about it but then like with anything it seems at the minute serious issues like that serious news serious issues end up sort of falling down tears watering down into other aspects and people end up getting this sort of militia mindset towards social media and and become the police of posting, you know, and that's the thing. You know, there's people who are like, you should be posting, you should be this. If you don't, you're a shit person. Then there was obviously the whole issue with comedian Chris D'Elia obviously being a predator, you know, and that all came out. And then there was a bit of a movement here on the Irish scene, not the Northern Irish scene, the Irish scene, whereby there was a, a, a promoter outed for being, like, a pervert, manipulator, rapist, sexual abuser. I don't, again, I don't know the exact ins and outs of it, but I know the guy is a bad guy, right? So then that kind of started a whole movement of of, of, of of people then changing the narrative to something else. And it's kind of got to the point now from where there are these serious issues, such as like if there's abuse going on in the scene, that needs dealt with. If a scene is deemed to be unsafe, say, for, for women, you know, which was the case mentioned by a lot of people in, in Ireland. But, you know, if that's the case, that needs to be dealt with. But then it goes further on to other things too, such as people then starting to decide what is appropriate to joke about, what can and can't be joked about. And when that starts happening, that's when shit hits the fan. You know, in terms of how I feel about this podcast, right? 
I've been called up on things before that I've said in the podcast. Things which to my listeners, to people who enjoy listening to the podcast, regulars, people that like my comedy, know me, are very well aware is a joke. You know, I say things which might be absurd, ridiculous, over the top, because I know the people know that's a joke. And I think that's part of the problem now with comedy. If you come and listen to this podcast, you want to have a silly time, you want to listen, you want to laugh, you don't want to be fucking me talking about the most PC things, because I mean, boring. Do you know what I mean? Like, what next? And that's just a worry. And then there's been a whole debate now, because clearly the Northern Irish scene's a pretty sweet scene. You know, there's a lot of um, people that we all get on. There's no one in this scene particularly that I go, uh, as a person, I dislike. There's no one that springs to mind that I go, I dislike that person, that is on the stand-up scene. Do you know what I mean? And there's no that I know of... um, stopping people from getting spots for anyone here's the thing the only way you would stop someone from getting a spot here or booking someone is if they're not funny or they don't get an audience or they don't have you know a connection that's it you know and in terms of me being a promoter which who who books pugs comedy club i would book anybody providing i know they're good because listen at the end of the day that's a business that are paying me to run a gig you know what i mean i'm responsible for putting on a good night, getting bums on seats so the bar can make their money. Do you know what I mean? And if I put people on to, like, appease people who are making complaints online, you know, that's going to end up not working, you know? And that's But that's the beauty of comedy. If you want to run a, run a, a gig or have something on that is, that is sort of open to everybody, go ahead and do it. Do you know what I mean? But don't be kicking a stink about what people can joke about and what can be said and who needs to be booked on gigs and this and that. If, you know, you're not doing the work or you're not asking for gigs, here's the thing that really gets me. I've I've had it uh, thrown at myself a few times, you know, and, and by thrown at myself, it's not been someone going, here, you need to book more female acts. That's never happened. What has happened is someone's put a poster up of a Pugs lineup, which is three people on a poster, and sometimes there are no women on the poster because I put the MC on, which most of the time is me, headline act, and then a support act. I've got an open spot too, so a lot of time, you know, you do have that, but there's just not the numbers to do that all the time. So people putting posters online going, this is all male, this is a disgrace. That's the feeding narrative that they have and want to present that. There's other times where I've had female acts on, and they've done great because they're funny. Do you know what I mean? But they don't put those posters up because that doesn't feed into what the narrative is. And this is the problem with what people are saying and doing online nowadays is that they can have any opinion. And once that opinion's out there, that's it. People take it as gospel. There's no like, hold on, you know, let me question that. And that's a thing now that exists. And certainly I've seen a few posts gone up over the weekend about like what people can joke about and behaviours from comedians up here. And it's sparked debate, but a lot of it you're going, you know... You're a comedian, you know, you should, as a comedian, be like, look, people can joke about what they want, as long as they do it in a good way. If people are saying crass things or offensive things or crude things that are inappropriate, I'd expect people to call them on it. Like, I know I've done it before. People have made jokes on stage that I've gone here, you can't be fucking at that. You know, I've said it myself. But it wouldn't be in a way where I would do it, like, fucking on the sly on the internet and try and call people out. Nah, just do it face to face. Don't be fucking at that. Or if it's newer acts coming through who maybe don't understand what you can and can't say. Now, again, you can say whatever you want, provided 
that it's a good joke that that sort of will come around to make sense. Now you can't just come out and say ridiculous hates. You, well, you can. You know that's the thing. You can't do it, but you won't get booked again. You know that's part of it. You won't get you won't get any gigs if you're just going around saying oh, I love the Nazis, for example. You know you won't get. Or, or like support this agenda, you wouldn't get that. But if you're going to say a bit and you say something ridiculous and then bring it back, by all means, go for it. Do you know what I mean? But this is a problem too. People now in comedy feel so entitled that oh, I need this for this and I deserve this space because of that. Oh, I'm I'm um from I'm a mixed race. I deserve a gig. And you're going, but have you have you worked in your craft? Have you got a set? Have you um, asked for gigs? Have you done the rounds? Have you you know you can't just expect to get something because of a, a color of your skin or your genitals. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. It's all about to me hard work and 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 being able to be a good act. You know, and that's a problem that happens on this scene at the minute now. Something that really annoys me is a lot of time people who don't even go to comedy gigs will see like like one one thing that really annoyed me probably one of the most of all was a friend of mine, um, was terminally ill, with with cancer, and. You know, sadly, he's no longer with us, right? And, I wanted to do a gig where we could raise a bit of money, to help his treatment. You know that, was something that I thought you know. Look, we have this platform, we can put on shows and give the funding to somebody who I care about, who could use it, you know. That was literally it, that was my thinking. Now, once I do that, I'm like, right, who can I do gigs, a gig with like this that would be A, willing to just do the gig and not. So I just messaged my, like my closest friends who just happen to be guys, you know, and that's not... To say I don't have friends who are who are female on the scene, I do. But for me to just be almost cheeky and say, "Would you do this free gig?" I would ask my closest friends who just happen to be guys. You know, and I put this poster up to say, "Look, this is all going to be an aid here. Additional bit of funding will go to Marie Curie." You know, I'm not thinking about um, stopping people from getting a gig. I'm not thinking about holding people down. I'm just thinking. You know, maybe that's blinkered, maybe that's wrong of me, I don't know, but I'm just thinking of trying to raise as much money for a good cause in that instant. And again, if it's people that you're close friends with, you can have the, uh, you can ask them cheeky questions. Sorry, I just dropped my wash basket there. Because I, before I did the podcast, I did my washing because it's 2020 and it doesn't matter if I'm a guy or girl because washing needs done, you know. But that's the thing, people were up in arms about the poster having... And then I'm just going, why is this the issue? You know, by all means, if that's a problem, let us know. But why in this instant is that an issue when you're raising money for a good cause? Which we did. We sold it out. Every ticket went and all the money went to that good cause. And I enabled a friend of mine to get treatment that he otherwise wouldn't have got. And, you know, helped them. So I don't see a problem with that. But this is the problem that I see with the world we're in. It all goes from having great causes, great reasons, on to just losing it and becoming totally a different issue. You know, what, like, from going from a scene where there was abuse, which needs to be stomped out, this is my feeling on it too, it needs to go, like, if that's what's going on, it needs to go. Now, am I ignorant to that? Is there anything going on, I guess, on the scene up here? Not to my knowledge. Um, If it was, I would be quite expectant of someone to let me know so I could do something about it. 
do you know, but that's not the case. And up here, it's been, been seen like, oh, by the way, down south, there was this whole issue. Other issues came to light where we can try to resolve. Now people up here are like, oh, we can't joke about this and can't joke. I'm offended. You know, be offended. Who gives a fuck? You're just offended. Get over it. Do you know what I mean? If you're, I, I'm offended by some of the stuff I see, but I don't go, oh, cancel them because they're talking about Lurgan. You know, like they're making fun of people. Oh, he's from, he's from Limavari, but, you know, just don't, you know what I mean? Don't get involved in it. But it just seems like everybody now feels that they have to have an opinion. And sometimes it's good to just keep that to yourself and not blast it all over the place. Do you know what I mean? Like I get fed up. I'm fed up of working hard to get people giving me grief. Like see if I was just sitting here on my ass, getting gigs because I'm a white dude, then I'd probably be like, I'm a chummy cat, you know what I mean? But at the same time, did the people see me doing three podcasts a week, four now if you include BBC Sounds, did they see me working a full-time job, looking after my daughter? No. Did they see me writing um, ideas, do they see me developing new stand-up, do they see me writing, no they don't, they don't realise the work I put in, and I think that's part and parcel of it too, the people that I know that are doing the best are the hardest working, and the same goes for comedians of, of any gender that I know, the best female comedians are the funniest and the hardest working, you know, not based on the fact that they are female, it's that they're hard working and funny comedians, and that to me should be that. And social media can get fucked. Alright. And that was angry. Because other than that, I've had a really nice time this week. Lockdown restrictions have eased a little bit. I've been able to get Holly looked after a wee bit by the grandparents. Which means I've not had her in the house for me the whole time. Which, I love that girl with all of my heart. And more. I never knew I would love anybody as much as I would love my daughter. But I do, but being stuck in a house with her for three months is enough to put your head away. So I'm glad to do that. I'm glad to be able to see my folks again. And now I'm just glad to be getting out and about a bit more, you know, and hopefully in the near future, if it's not completely obliterated and blown to smithereens, I'll be able to do stand-up again. And here's the thing, I'm going to talk about all the topics. I'm going to talk about everything I want to talk about. And if anyone's got a problem... Tell me about it. And what I will do is listen to it. And if you make a valid point, I'll go, all right, I'll take that on board. But if you don't, you know what I'm going to do? Turn around and walk away and then just sashay away. Say haters going hate. You know, because I don't care. There's more important things in my life to care about than the opinion of somebody who does gigs for fun. You know? And it's loosening and lightening and things going back to normal. And I went to my friend's house for the first time in whatever amount of time. And I sat on the decking in his back garden and I drank Diet Coke because I was too fat this week to be able to drink booze. Now, you're probably going, what do you mean too fat this week to be able to drink booze, Dave? Because, and speaking about too fat, there's another thing, right? Hold on a wee second. Oh, if you can't make fun of things that offend people, how am I going to make fat jokes about myself? Ugh. But yeah, I was too fat to drink this week. Now, how it works that out, basically, 
I am on a diet at the moment, and I said to myself, I've been on it for like three weeks or whatever, um, I've lost the 10 pounds at this stage, and I'm a week weigh-in on normally a Saturday, I said I would weigh in on Friday, because that's when the party was, I thought if I've hit another four pounds off this week, and I've lost a stone, I'll have a drink, because again, that's how I'm treating myself, I'm treating myself to like a, a cheap meal, on the weekend, that's what's getting me through, I'm dieting like I'm like a badass during the week and training all that shit, and at the weekend, I'm just having one nice dinner, maybe a few drinks, whatever, to keep it natural, and you know, I'm not a bodybuilder, I'm not a physique model, I'm not like looking, I'm not an athlete, I'm just a dude that's trying to shift some fat and live longer for his two kids, the one that exists and has been kicking around for two and a half years, and the one that's out in Amazon delivery for late September, early October, right? So that's my thoughts. I just want to be healthier. Lose ideally four stone, four or five stone would be dope. But I thought to myself, if I can shift this, I'll drink. Got on scales, only two pounds. Now I'm putting that down to the fact that I had a really tough workout in the sun the day before and I was holding a lot of water on board, but that's neither here nor there. So I said, look, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to go have a nice time weighing myself on Saturday, which it did, still hadn't lost it. I'd have lost three pounds that week, thus meaning I'm one pound off a stone. Fuck sake. But I went round to my friends and had a nice time. And then on Saturday night, I had my cheat meal, which I had um, some cheese as a starter. And I say cheese, it was camembert. Very nice. For my main course, pizza. Nice. And for dessert, I like a pudding, some ice cream. Three course meal, whatever. Be good to yourself. Treat yourself. And then I had some beers, um, only a couple, and a cider, and you know what beer I had, I'll tell you, I had the sponsor of the Sly Guy podcast, I had Modest Beer, and I tell you what, there was a selection of Modest Beer on the go, and it is all absolutely delicious, you know I wasn't a big craft beer fan, but the two original Modests are the most delicious beers that I will be drinking from now on going forward, if you guys don't already know, Sly Guys brought to you in association with Modest Beer. They're an independent brewery crafting small batch beers for discerning drinkers. And the small batch is becoming medium batch because Modest Beer is so popular. I was speaking to the, the sponsor and they said that there were people listening to the podcast, getting in touch, looking Modest Beer. So if you're a, a Sly Guy listener and you're drinking Modest Beer, let them know where you heard about it. Let them know you heard on the Sly Guy podcast and you want to taste that sweet nectar. Obviously only if you're living a healthy life. If it's a problem, you know, don't blame me. But if it is, great. And what I would say to you to do is also, if you don't want to just listen to my sweet dulcet tones, get over to Modest Beer, which is the website, www.guessitcorrect.modestbeer.co.uk. That's www.modestbeer.co.uk to find the nearest stockist. And if you want to follow them on that scourge that is social media, you'll get them at... Modest Beer on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. But it was delicious. I really enjoyed that. And I had like a little tin of cider I got from Marks and Spencer's with a wee hint of elderflower. Mm, don't mind if I do. Matron. Delicious. Loved it. And then I was just stuffed. Because again, my, my, my little tummy has been getting a wee bit smaller because of not been being such a big fat bastard. So it's got a bit smaller. So when I had all that food, my stomach was just not coping with it all that, that well so before midday on Sunday I visited the toilet for a sit down four times and again now that it's about well let me see 
half past four coming to the dinner, I'll probably go again. Because you know what I had to eat today so far? I'll tell you. Just fruit and some yogurt. Because I didn't want to stuff myself with anything else because I feel like I need a cleanse. So I'm drinking the water, eating some nice fruit, some natural yogurt. Mm, delicious. And then I'm going to have my Sunday dinner, which is going to be vegetables and salmon. Because I am wanting to be healthy and live longer and be fitter and be able to chase my children about. Because my daughter is a freak. You know, she is like some kind of long distance runner. Now, I know that a lot of long distance runners are um, super athletes and they're perhaps full adults, but I think my two and a half year old could potentially be a world champion long distance runner because when she's up, she just runs at a sprint until she goes to bed. And I would say I would like her to pursue an athletic goal because obviously I was a lot more athletic in my youth. I was going to say, obviously, I'm not an athlete. For sure, I'm not an athlete now. But in my youth, much more into sports and all that kind of shit. Whereas I feel like she, you know, would be better off than me because I'm much too heavy, you know. But then again, I wouldn't want to push her in then she didn't want to do, especially after I watched a Netflix documentary over the weekend whilst eating all that food called Athlete A, which, you guessed it, was about abuse in athletes. In athletics, not in athletes. Technically, there was things in athletes which shouldn't have been in athletes, but it's about athletics. And in specific, the United States gymnastics team. And it wasn't a nice watch because we don't like to be happy anymore. In life, we like to be miserable. (laughs) So guys, if you like this content of this podcast... By all means, take yourself over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. We've been getting lots of people rating and reviewing the podcast and it really, really helps. So whenever the weeks go by that no one rates and reviews, I cry. And I've already explained before, I cry a lot these days. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm middle-aged. Maybe because I've got a kid. I don't know. I just get emotional. So please rate and review the podcast. A lot of people have been, and I read it out in the pod, so and it helps. So if you can do that, great. If you like the podcast and you're listening, why not just take a wee screenshot and pop that on your Instagram story? Because again, the more people see it, the better it is for the podcast. And speaking of branching out for the podcast, before I get cancelled for something I've said on the podcast, I've ordered a camera. Finally, I'm going to be making video podcasts. Now again, is my wife best pleased about the fact that I'm going to set up a studio with a backdrop in our dining room? No, she isn't. But you know what? She's going to have to be because I'm doing it. You know, I was going to say I don't give a fuck, but the thing about that is she listened to the podcast and then beat me, so I'm not saying that because I said something on my podcast last week that she was like, oh, I heard you say this on my podcast. Yeah, that's what it was. She heard me say I bought my dad a 40 quid bottle of gin for Father's Day. She was like, 40 quid? What the fuck do you think you're made of money? And then she hit me with a blackboard duster. And she's not a teacher. She's a nurse. And we don't have a blackboard. So why does she have a blackboard duster? Correct. To beat me with. I'm abused. Alright. So i got to watch what I say on this podcast. But yeah, I mean, I think whenever all this like loosens a bit in terms of the coronavirus, what I'll do is just record my podcast in the Boytown studio um, with a backdrop. So I think I'll just do that, you know. And again, I might get someone in to produce the podcast. Who knows? 
but as it stands, I have to do it all myself, and I'm a technophobe, and you know that I'm a technophobe, and you know that I'm shit, so get off my back. Hey, listeners' questions, let's get into it. There was like four this week, which didn't even help, so me already in the mood, four listeners' questions, fucking ever, guys. Jimmy Blobby has said, hello, Big Davey. Was walking through Ormo Park the other day and these sly hippies were giving out free hugs. What is the most sly thing uh, you since so you've seen since lockdown apart from that dirty bastard selling fake hand sanitizer? Oh no. Yeah, it seems like a century ago that I was accused of selling fake hand sanitizer because, as usual, people take jokes seriously. Shane put a post saying I was selling fake hand sanitizer. Next thing you know, I've a hundreds, not not even a couple, hundreds of DMs on Instagram from children. I had more DMs from children in my Instagram inbox than Crystalia. But these kids weren't trying to fuck me. They were trying to get me fucked and in prison for selling fake hand sanitizer. But guess what? Fake news. I actually replied to one of them because it got me so annoyed. I was like, hey, by the way, you know, this is a joke. I didn't do it. To which they replied, don't care. Look like a dirty bastard anyway. To be fair, great mug off. But at the same time, at that point, I just had to laugh. Because it's getting harassed by children. You know? And if children had taken the same sassy attitude there as they took towards me to say Fagan, who was a child pimp in Oliver Twist or whatever... You know, the world might have been a better place, but they picked on me, which is sly. But um, the slyest thing I've seen since lockdown was today. People, now, again, I could be outed here. I could be outed um, and proved wrong. I could be outed as being really inappropriate and sly here because people could come out and say, Dave, you do realise those people are, in fact, registered blind. And if so, these people that are registered blind, I'll put my hands up and say sorry. But I was in Tesco's today, and Tesco's has initiated, due to the coronavirus, a very clear one-way system. Certain aisles, you can only go one way. There are arrows on the floor pointing that way. But yeah, people are just coming down facing you. I actually had to say to some guy today, because we kept meeting each other in the aisles, because he was going the opposite way of he should be going. And I said, hey guy, do you see the markings on the floor? And he goes, oh, I didn't know what those were for. And I was like what's wrong with you? And the guy was like, oh, I've already come as... And I went, you know what? Just, I hope you get coronavirus, you know? I mean, I don't want to be be sly here, but I hope you get coronavirus. And I mean, I don't want you to die because that's too far. That's too harsh a punishment for what you've done. But what I do hope, with all my heart and soul, is you get a wee bit unwell. And I hope whenever you're recovering, you go... I had a big lad with a beard and a really ridiculous balding long hair. I, I'd said to me, I should listen to him, you know? And then I just, I like, again, I could just go back to him and say, listen, man, happens to the best of us. But he didn't. He chose to keep going against the grain. So I should have just kept smashing him on my trolley and being like, oops, but I didn't, you know? So that was the slyest thing. People not abiding by rules. People coming into Tesco's who look like they don't wash, not using hand sanitizer. People coughing without covering their mouth. A woman just coughed in my face the other day. And if it wasn't for the fear of being cancelled, I would have given her the tombstone pile driver. But 
in today's day and age, you give one woman a tombstone pile driver, you're the worst guy in the world, you're cancelled, you hate women. Ah. <sighs> Fuck. Thanks for that question, Jamie. Andy has said, saw Janice reporter on the TV the other day and forgot just how sly a person she was. Yeah, she's very sly and I like that. If you could put four people in a large room together and watch them slabber at each other, who would it be? Mm. People who enjoy slabbering, I feel like two guys that spring to mind are Stephen Nolan and Pierce Morgan. They would fight with each other. I'd put them in for banter. Um, again, just to not have an all-male lineup, I'll throw in... Katie Hopkins, because that woman, you know what? She's been cancelled from Twitter. I don't think Katie Hopkins um, is right in the head. You know, I think that woman needs medical assistance. Like, I think she has a serious mental illness that hasn't been dealt with. You know, I do think that woman, because what she says, there's like saying stuff to wind people up. There's saying, saying stuff for the sake of it. And then there's just the utter, complete bile she comes up with and I mean she cannot be of normal brain like she was on Alan Sugar's Apprentice and got quite far you know how much of a process is there to get to that stage probably a lot so she would have had to like beat other people at being actively good at something you know like imagine Sugar employed that you know a Jewish guy employed her that'd be fucking mental but it stick her in there because she has something to say and then who else would have put in there so you have Katie Hopkins, Bubba. <laughs> and last but not least, a sly person. Um, I mean, Pete Burns, if he wasn't dead, like there's no one slyer than him. You know, he loves a bitch and loves to be be mean to people. So I'd, I'd say Pete Burns, but unfortunately, R.I.P. He's not with us. R.I.P. That's the worst joke ever. I'm a dad. I would actually, I would use some sort of forces of darkness you know, voodoo magic to bring Pete Burns back. To be fair, he had the look of somebody that has been brought back from the dead before he passed, so I'd bring him back and pop him in there, and I'm sure it'd be a sassy watch that, you know. And I'd have it over dinner as well, and drinks, because if there's drink goes in, there'd be a little bit of, uh, there'd probably be a few uh, censorships taken off the tongue, if you know what I mean, with a few bottles of wine in, there'd be some some scandal. Um. Brandy said, Davey, how's the weight loss going? Great to hear Jim's opening again soon. And I'm sure you'll be getting that pump on next week. Absolutely, my friend. I say 13 pounds. Hopefully next week I'll have broken the stone. Um, my question this week is, have you seen the video of Chris D'Elia realising Snapchat stories can be saved? Uh, if not, check it out below. Very incriminating. Yes, Brandy, I've seen that video. And um, <laughs> there's never been a funnier response to something he was chatting about like yes yeah, somebody was like oh he's seen there was a story i think it was in fighter and the kid and there's a story about uh some kid's mum finding inappropriate snapchat messages from a teacher i think it was and uh, they're like yeah the mum saw the snapchat messages and he was like uh but the snapchat messages <laughs> the snapchat messages not uh disappear and like now i can just fully screen record and he was he literally went uh and then like went vacant from the conversation for a bit whilst making all these really weird expressions like oh no he just looked at me like do you use a quote from troubles with the 80s you look at him he goes oh bollocks and you could tell he was like uh, it's like you know when you see those uh old videos probably about i don't know five ten years ago and it goes and that was the moment chris realized he'd fucked up that was kind of what that was and it, yeah, it was very funny 
if it wasn't such a gross thing he'd done. Um, Patrick Quinn has said, what is the one thing you love most about the money toad and the one thing that winds you up? Well, that's Shane. And what do I like most about Shane? I don't know. I'd probably say the fact that we are very much like a married couple, an old married couple. You know, I think that's quite endearing. We speak to each other every day. And we just have, what I do like, if you know, to be totally honest, is that we are straight with each other, despite what you may assume through listening to our podcast. But like, if he does something or a video or whatever and asks me what I think of it, I'll be honest. You know, sometimes I'll go, I don't get why you did that. You know, other times I go, that's great. You know, and the same way with me, if we have bits of material, we'll talk it over. Sometimes I go, that's really, really good. Other times I go, why are you doing that? Like, what? What? You know, and I, I, that's what I like. One thing that I don't like about him, um, he sometimes will just tell me a wee fib when it's just easier to just be straight with me. You know, it, I if he was late for something, he might be like, you know, he could have just gone, oh, by the way, I just didn't notice the time. But he'd say something like, oh, I actually was feeling a wee bit um, sick and then I, I didn't know whether it was something to do with my, I, I, like, I think I might have got coronavirus and, and then like you're asking him like, a wee few days later like, oh, are you okay with coronavirus and he's like oh I don't actually know what you're talking about so that sometimes rather than just being like hey I'm late he would give me a silly tale Michael Kerr said hey dad how's the home workouts going they're going good you know they're, they're, they're enjoyable the minute today I woke up feeling stiffer than I've ever felt in my life don't know whether that's the, due to the fact that I ate a load of food or due to the fact that my body's old, or due to the fact that I'm just, you know, a fat old bastard. Um, I don't know, but that was a problem, and hopefully it was down to the workouts, and a wee day off will help. But I was back pumping this morning, just did a wee bit of, of a light cycle, and some light weights, and some stretching. It feels nice. Um, but they're going good, and I am excited about the gym opening, because... You know, to be fair, like here, I might not actually be racing back to the gym because I've got kind of into my routine here. But I do like it. I do like going with my friend. I like the workout with him. It's a social thing. It's a mental thing. It's a physical thing. Why did I go? Why did I end up like Donald Trump? Um, Revive Nutrition, which is the alias of our boy John Joe Flood, has said, "Hey Dave, just wondering who your favorite paramilitary figure is. Oh, and why is it Doris Day? Oh, he's talking about Doris Day." Jim Gray of the UDA all day. Um, yeah, he was definitely a flamboyant character. Now, you, you you know from listening to this podcast, I like reading about what the scamps are up to over weekend. You know, I like to read the Sunday life and the Sunday world. I mean, it's not the Financial Times. We all know that. It's not the brain stimulus that um, you might associate with a genius like me but I just like to see what the scamps are up to what the paramilitaries are up to and here's the thing on cross community if loyalist paramilitaries are up to some dodgy deeds and some republican paramilitaries are up to dodgy deeds I enjoy it you know providing they're not murdering people you know providing people aren't being murdered or put out of their homes if they're up to some sort of dodgy fake football shirt selling scheme I'm all over it you know I like that sort of thing I like it to be very troubles with the 80s but um Jim Gray was was definitely uh, an entertaining paramilitary, you know, with his dyed hair, his uh, fancy fashion. I was going to say his fancy gear. I don't know what kind of gear it was he sold, but I'm sure it was uh, fancy to some people. Um, but he was definitely an interesting character. 
very much worth reading up on if you haven't already because I mean I'm very much into my sort of true crime I think sort of some of the things that went on during the troubles here were like fully unbelievable like the beggar belief what went on and like a lot of like I would love to see more like television based on the troubles you know but act, but actively good stuff because again you do have films like a Belfast story which is actually the worst film that's ever made. Sorry if I know anybody or anyone listens that was involved in it, but A Belfast Story is the worst film that's ever been made. And I've seen The Room. I've seen Waterworld. I've seen uh, David Brent, Life in the Road, which, as Ricky Gervais' maps at Hero and Idol, I'll say it wasn't a good film. Um, but A Belfast Story sucks. But yeah, Doris Day was definitely entertaining back in the day, you know, but unfortunately... Um, or fortunately, depending on what side of the coin you look at it, he is now dead because he got killed because he's a bad boy. So the moral of the story is if you're out there, don't be a bad boy. Be a good boy because good boys get treats, both if you're a dog and if you're a dog. It's like a 50 cent lyric. You get treats if you're a dog and treats if you're a dog. If you be a nympho, I'll be a nympho. All right, go ahead, 50. You fill your boots, mate. Um, last question of the day is from a comedian I like. <laughs> William Thompson, aka Billy. He tells me not to call him Billy because he doesn't like it. He's like, oh, if you call me Billy, I sound like a paramilitary. Yes, you do, but I like it. So Billy Thompson, who, by the way, has a new podcast of his own called Our House, and I'm going to bully Billy to make sure he keeps getting that content out every week because he's a great comedian. He has... Uh, a load of potential and he's funny as fuck and I think his podcast will be great so check that out Our House Podcast with William Thompson but call him Billy absolutely and Billy says what is the god tier of crisps Um, you know what I would say Hunky Dory's Buffalo is the ultimate crisp now I'm not a big crisp aficionado I get my body fat from um large meals you know i get my body fat from fine cuisine i get my body fat from chocolate and ice cream and that's one thing that you might know that myself and ozzy osbourne have in common both massive massive ice cream fans and terrific rock singers but primarily we love ice cream so my favorite tier crisp is probably you know it's hunky dories i also enjoy a, a cheese dorito especially if it's getting a subway you haven't had a subway in a while Looking forward to that, but again, I have to wait until it's a Saturday and have it as either my main cheat meal or not at all, so I don't know whether I'll, I'll do that, but yeah, I like that. I also like um, potato, of course, you know, it goes without saying, cheese and onion is delicious, but the god is the buffalo-flavoured Hunky Dories. Now, how do I know what buffalo tastes like? I don't, I'm just assuming that's what it tastes like because that's what Hunky Dories are telling me, that it's buffalo flavour, and I mean... The Apache aren't going to like that because the buffalo is the holy animal of Native Americans. And the Sioux, the Apache, they're going to hate that their buffalo are being packaged and made into crisps. I say the Sioux, they'll definitely, they'll definitely be annoyed. But, you know, will the Apache? I don't know because the Apache have been involved. The Apache have been involved in bloody cultural appropriation of Italian culture. And the Apache have headed the Northern Ireland and set up their own Italian fucking pizza takeaway, which, may I add, very nice. Oh, and you know what? Here's another thing. William, you've asked me 
what my favourite crisps are. I'm going to tell you pizza too. I think Domino's is overrated. It's far too expensive. It's not that delicious. I'd rather Apache all day. You know why? Because they're also a race of people who have a fucking ton of respect for the Native Americans. I love them. I love everybody. Providing you're not a cock. And on that note, that's the end of this podcast. We have underrun by a minute. If you want to sue me, by all means. If you want to sue me, <laughs> more Native American banter. Guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Again, let me stress, rate and review. Please share the podcast. Let's spread this baby over stories. Let's spread a message of hope and joy and comedy. Make fun about what you want, providing, again, you're not a cock about it. All right? And hope you enjoyed this podcast. As a little bit aggravated, sometimes that happens. Sometimes I pop off. Sometimes I'm feeling great. Other times I'm grumpy. Today, grumpy. <sighs> take care of you. I'll be back. Take care of you. No, don't take care of you. Take care of yourself. I'll be back next week re-interview the podcast. <laughs>